Coming to you from the great SW. Yes. We left the PNW and now we're out here in the high desert. I'm very excited to be back. I'm so sorry that I left you hanging for over a week. But here I am. I'm back. I'm ready to roll. And I'm very excited because we're doing a queen deep dive as my first episode from my new location. And this is a unique dive because we're not talking about a song. We're talking about an album. Yes. If you remember, we concluded Queen 2, Queen's brilliant 1974 release. Their first of two 1974 album releases, by the way. We concluded that with my last Queen Deep Dive. And I thought about this idea I had to summarize and talk about each album entirely before I go into each track. Because initially, my plan was to only talk the tracks. But really, I cannot do that. I have to talk about especially this album and probably everyone going forward before I hit the tracks. Because ladies and gentlemen, this album, Queen's third album, was pivotal in their career. Hugely important. And perhaps the following album, The Great Night at the Opera, may have never happened if this album hadn't come to pass. I mean, (laughs) I suppose that goes without saying, but what I mean is the progression of the band, the style, the fan base that built because of the success of this record, all of it, hugely important in what was to come for the future of these guys. This is All Sheer Heart Attack, released November 8th, 1974, recorded July 7th through October 22nd, 1974, quite fast. And there's a very big reason for its quick production recording and ultimately its release, which came a mere months after the release of Queen 2, which was out March 8th of 1974. This album, number two in the UK, number 12 on the US Hot 100. Not bad. Not bad at all. Their previous album was number 49 in the US. So this was a huge leap for the band. A little bit of critique from the boys themselves. Freddie said, the album is very varied. We took it to the extreme, I suppose, but we are very interested in studio techniques and wanted to use what was available. We learned a lot about technique while we were making the first two albums. Of course, there has been some criticism and the constructive criticism has been very good for us. But to be frank, I'm not that keen on the British music press and they've been pretty unfair to us. I feel that up and coming journalists by the large put themselves above the artist. They've certainly been under a misconception about us. We've been called a supermarket hype. But if you see us up on a stage, that's what we're all about. We are basically a rock band. Couldn't have said it better, Freddie. Fantastic. There's some other comments from Brian. Brian's talked quite a bit about Sheer Heart Attack over the years. He talked about the album when it was completed and how it had to be rushed and how crazy the process was. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the details all about Sheer Heart Attack. Regarding critics' comments, critics were still harsh, as Freddie mentioned in that previous quote, but they were much more enthusiastic about Sheer Heart Attack. 
because they loved its variations of sound, which showcased the band's true form and style. And many critics preferred the album in comparison to the earlier progressive rock and fantasy-filled songs. I have mixed feelings about it. I miss the progressive rock and fantasy mythology topics, but doesn't mean this album isn't fantastic. Critics commented about Freddie's emerging rock star style and status. Those were often comments that were made that kind of dominated the headlines at the time. And critics focused on the album's propensity for theatrical rock and playful arrangements. Rolling Stone wrote, and I chose this because it's Rolling Stone, and Rolling Stone were notoriously harsh on Queen for pretty much the entirety of their career. They wrote, quote, if it's hard to love, it's hard not to admire. This band is skilled, after all, and it dares, end quote. That is a big deal coming from Rolling Stone because there's times even in later albums where Rolling Stone criticized the band for not being skilled. In fact, I can recall a specific review that was made after a much later album where they talked about how lousy the live performance was and Roger had some choice words for the magazine and even wrote them a lovely letter in response. (laughs) And I use that term very sarcastically, of course, because it's Roger and he puts it all out there. He definitely does not hold back. John Mendelssohn, an American critic, was unimpressed with sheer heart attack, writing, quote, I hunted all over both sides of this latest album for something anything even remotely as magnificent as keep yourself alive or father to son only to end up empty eared and bawling unquote interesting very interesting comments i i would definitely say father to son is a huge standout i've talked about it already it is probably my favorite queen song ever but i wouldn't say there are things that are not on par with that they're just different I can see where this guy, John, is coming from in that you're not going to have the same energy, but the same skill set, the same drama, the same flair, the same attitude, it's all there. It's all right here on Sheer Heart Attack. Now, as 1974 drew to a close, the album was ranked by Disc as the third best of the year. And in more recent years, it's been ranked one of the band's absolute best a must-have glam rock album, and was included in the 1001 albums you must hear before you die. There's no ratings on that list, by the way. It was just included, which is a big deal. Let's talk about some fun facts about this album, its creation and such, and I'll go into why Brian has made comments about this album being rushed. And Freddie's talked about this as well. So this album was written and rehearsed within a matter of weeks. And it is the moment that Queen began developing their quote-unquote classic sound. For a time, at least several of the members, including Roger, called this their best album, even after releasing subsequent albums, like their groundbreaking fourth album, which we'll talk about in depth, of course. Now, this was done hot on the heels of their Queen 2 Support Act tour with Mott the Hoople. They were touring with Mott the Hoople in the U.S., in the spring of 1974. And that was a really big deal for them because they learned a lot from Mott the Hoople. They learned about rock and roll attitude. They learned about 
I don't want to say stage presence because Queen always had big ideas and big demands for stage presence. They always wanted more room on stage. They had a very clear vision in mind. But I think Mott the Hoople, and the guys talk about this themselves, taught them how to be rock and roll when it came to lifestyle and just everything. Mott the Hoople was a huge thing for Queen. But what happened was that tour was canceled abruptly in the late spring that year in 74 because Brian developed hepatitis, which it's thought he got it from a tainted needle when they got vaccinated before they they went out of the country. So Freddie, John, and Roger rehearsed at Trident Studios in June of 74 for sheer heart attack, and Brian joined them in July. But he fell ill again with a stomach ulcer and needed an operation. Poor guy. But he wrote songs while recovering. And the rest of the boys recorded tracks, leaving space for Brian to contribute his epic guitar once he recovered. And Brian talks about that. That it was almost like looking from the outside in to see how the band was functioning from the outside. So he said it wasn't a bad thing. It was just a very interesting, unique experience of creating an album to see how well things were going from an outsider's perspective and then come back and contribute all the awesome guitar and the vocals. Most of these songs were mixed within one or two days, super fast. And here's the thing about the whole creating the album quickly, finishing it quickly. Queen were under immense pressure from Trident to get more work done. They were money makers and Trident knew this right? Because Queen was gaining ground. They were gaining fans. They were gaining American fans, which is a very, very big deal for a UK band. But they weren't earning a lot of money. Way back at the start of my Queen Deep Dives, I talked about this, that the guys were broke all the way through this album, all the way through the making of Sheer Heart Attack and touring it, etc. Because of the deal they signed with Trident. Trident was basically the middleman between Queen and the distributors. And when Queen's music made money, Trident saw almost all of it and the guys got hardly anything. So they were under huge pressure to create something new and get it out fast. And of course, Brian got sick, which made things really tough. Freddie talked about that, that nobody expected that they would be able to whip this out. And he said two weeks, but let's, let's be real. It was longer than that. But still, you know, most of this stuff was done in a matter of weeks and they succeeded. Somehow they succeeded. This album was Trident's first 24-track project, and it was mixed at four different studios. So the guys had access to a lot more studios to mix, which is fantastic. And that's really what makes this album great. The mixing on this album is really fantastic. The guys worked with Roy Thomas Baker, and they produced it alongside him. This album has a great sound. Very different than the previous progressive rock albums, especially Queen 2. But again, this is more in line with what we would get from Queen moving forward, this versatility, this variation of style. There was a very distinct white and black side on the previous album, very fantastical, mythology-focused, a lot of dreaming, a lot of daydreaming. But here, there was this intention of making things more varied. For the first time, all four members co-wrote an album track. This song is one of the band's fastest and hardest metal songs, and we'll talk about that on a future dive. And this song was covered by Metallica later as well. So yeah, we'll talk about that song. Now, one last thing, a big thing to note. Queen has a song called Sheer Heart Attack, and you might be wondering why it's not 
on this album because it's on a much later album. So Share Heart Attack, the song, was originally written for this album, but it was not completed and therefore not included. So the song was finished and added onto, yes, a much later album. More on that on another dive. My thoughts about this, about Sheer Heart Attack, well, this is glam rock at its finest, really. This is fantastic glam rock. A varied collection of songs, contributions from all the boys for the first time. Hello, John. We're so excited to see you. This is the album where Queen became Queen with all of Freddie's theatrical and less fantastical tendencies. Brian's rough rock numbers, Roger's grit, and John's jazzy soulfulness. All Music's Review states, quote, Queen 2 was a breakthrough in terms of power and ambition, but Queen's third album, Sheer Heart Attack, was where the band started to gel. Yes, absolutely, 150%. On this album, we get some memorable hooks poppier arrangements, and an absolutely fantastic balance of contributions from each of the boys. The production is tighter, the arrangements more polished, and very well engineered. So overall, this album truly was a huge stepping stone for the guys. It takes their love of hard, rough rock to a whole new, very sophisticated level. Some other interesting, fun stuff. The cover art was shot by Mick Rock, who also shot the cover for Queen 2 and many other photo shoots of the guys as well. Let's talk about the cover. So it has all the guys laying down and looking up and they're all kind of, almost like they've fallen down and they're sort of on top of each other a little bit. It's a color cover. And they're all kind of looking a little bit dazed or thoughtful, except for Roger, who's looking straight into the camera quite intensely, I might add. The outtakes of this photo shoot are hilarious. The guys are laughing, clearly having a great time, except for Freddie, who who looks terribly focused or sad or something in every single shot. It's quite funny. The guys were splashed with this mix of water and milk or yogurt or something like that to look sweaty and sexy, I guess. Was that the plan? I remember being freaked out by Roger's intense stare when I was younger. I remember the first time I saw the cover a long time ago and I thought, he looks really scary. <laughs> he still looks scary. It's, it's sexier now, but he still looks really scary. When the guys toured this album, it was the first time they headlined a tour and they were incredibly well-received in Japan of all places where it was like Beatlemania with the boys followed and fans freaking out everywhere all the time. And this was totally unexpected. But the band really appreciated the attention and the praise from Japanese fans and press. In fact, they later write a song just for their Japanese fans. And another fun fact about the Japanese fandom, Freddie particularly fell in love with the art and culture of Japan while they were there. And he brought back several pieces from the country to the UK. And all the boys donned Japanese kimonos and attire for several concerts in the country for the next few years. So clearly they had a soft spot for Japan after they went and were so well received. There's some really fun footage you can find of the boys' first visit to Japan and how well-treated they were. And you can just see how delighted they were. They're almost like boys in a candy store. It's so cute. They're so young there. And just to see them realizing these dreams of 
having their work recognized and so celebrated. It's a lot of fun. Another personal note about this album, it took a little longer to grow on me. I'm going to admit that. I initially missed the progressive drama, yeah, of the previous album or albums, really. But I came to appreciate the variety on Sheer Heart Attack, the playfulness, the accessibility, the poppier energy. This album is so much more accessible in a lot of ways. You have some very sing-along songs here that you didn't have with any of the previous work. There is a lot more that seems almost more like American rock here. And I don't know if this is a Mata Hoople influence or if this was just something they wanted to do. Again, it was a very intentful decision to make things varied and to try different styles here. This is what pivoted them into that mode of this is what Queen really is. They've established their energy and their prowess. And here they are coming out with all this artistry and this interpretation of sound that was really innovative, right? Freddie talked about doing different techniques in the studio, and they put it to full use here. Absolutely fantastic. And on the next Queen Deep Dive, we will go into more detail about each of the tracks on this remarkable album. Really some great songs here. Fantastic songwriting and a lot of heart. There's a lot of songs here that present the band in a different light. You have some touching tracks, some really laid back ones, some interesting effects. We have a great guitar solo from Brian in the opening number. There's some surprising features of sound and style that even having gone through all these surprises and twists and turns on the previous two albums, there's still more that's coming. That's what makes this so exciting is we're just getting started with the variety and the diversity of Queen. But that is for the upcoming dives. I'm going to leave you guys on that note, hanging. I'm glad to be back podcasting and we'll talk about some more good stuff. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the spring emerging into summer. Go celebrate with awesomeness, whatever it is for you, whether it's a fantastic outing, a great drink, a great cup of coffee. That's my drive. I'll talk to you guys again. Keep yourselves alive. <laughs>